Hey, everybody. I'm John Dwoskin, an executive advisor and business coach. I work with successful business people who are stuck and want to take their company to the next level. Today, though, get ready to grow your business big, very big. In just a few seconds, you'll meet a dynamic business owner, executive, or salesperson willing to share the best practices that fuel their growth and success. Each interview is no more than 15-ish minutes long, so you can quickly learn effective tools to put into your business today. Please listen with new ears, and let's get to learning, let's get to growing, and let's get to thinking big. Hey, everybody. Welcome back, and thanks for taking time to listen to the Think Big Movement podcast. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm excited to have our next guest, Adam Lutz, who is the CEO and president of Lutz Real Estate Investments, as well as the managing principal of Q10 Lutz Lutz Financial Services. Uh, He's a good friend. He's a good businessman, and he is here to talk to us about uh, growing a business, growing a family business, uh, and just a whole bunch of other good stuff. And you'll walk away with some great nuggets on how to grow a business and uh, have fun doing it along the way. Adam, welcome. Fill in the gaps and tell us a little bit more about you and your business. Okay, will do. Thanks, John, for uh, for inviting me to join. Yeah, of course. Um, we've been working together for about 18 months, I think, and uh, loved every minute of it. So happy to be on and uh, be a part of uh, your podcast series here which is my favorite podcast series to listen to <laughs> because days. it's the only one I listen to. <laughs> um, uh, well, I appreciate the kudos, but enough about me. Let's talk about you. Okay. Where, where would you like me to start? Start from the beginning. Talk about, you know, the, the business and, and, you know, I think a lot of people listening here um, are part of family businesses or will ultimately be maybe part of a family business. And, you know, there's... Um, there's there's a lot that goes into that, and sure you know, is. and the background of of you and your business and what you used to do in New York, and I think your whole backstory is just interesting, and a lot of people can learn and grow from it. So you know, just share yeah, your I mean, summary. Uh, you know, I I grew up in a uh, the real estate industry. My father uh, was a uh, owner operator developer uh, in uh, the seventies and eighties, and so growing up, I used to watch him. Uh, transition real estate. I, as a kid, would spend Saturdays with him going to the properties and watching him um, walk around the properties with the property manager and give suggestions of how to dress it up and clean it up to make it look good and how to sell and uh, whether it was apartments or office buildings. Um, you know, he was, you know, very vested and interested in marketing and, and he was trendsetting for his time and it was fun to watch. And that's kind of what sucked me into real estate uh, as well. I, I kind of uh, always saw myself going into that business. Um, I was you know, interested in it. and um, uh, But unfortunately, uh, there was some downturns, which happens in real estate. And so when I was in college, it was a, it was a downturn. So um, I wasn't sure you know, what I wanted to do, and I ended up moving to New York. And... Um, uh, after going to uh, graduate school at NYU, I found myself looking for a job, and sure enough, I got involved in uh, investment banking, but in the real estate side of uh, investment banking, which was new to the uh, a newly formed section of it. And so, in New York, I worked for a couple investment banks when um, the uh, conduits or CMBS uh, lending market was created. So, uh, a couple years at Nomura and a couple years at Deutsche Bank, and uh, and it was great because uh, I would review, you know, tens and tens of deals from around the country every day as an analyst, 
Uh, and then when I was uh, promoted, I was uh, flying around the country, analyzing real estate, learning how to kind of parachute in, learn you know the entire due diligence process. And I got to see what other owners were doing in the 90s and how they would buy properties and, and they would turn them around or um, you know some of the successes and failures of different developers and you know how they did things. So uh, it was a great background for me to, 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 to get a better sense and to step away from what would have been my father's background and his take on real estate. So when I moved back uh, to Detroit, um, I had my own sense of how I wanted to do things, who I was, how I, what I liked about real estate, what I didn't. And so it was, um, it was a very inter- interesting transition into a family business uh, with a father that is extremely knowledgeable and uh, charismatic and well-known in, in the local community, but he had a different take on some things. So, you know, it was a transition for about two years where we had to figure out, um, you, know, you know, what the business was going to be like, who was going to do what, you know, you know, who made decisions and how we made decisions and how we would work together. And, uh, you know, it took, it took a couple of years and, a, and several deals to, uh, to work through those and, and come up with a, you know, a, a family business that we could be father, son, but also be partners. And so um, I'm sure that's true of, you know, all businesses that are, you know, family businesses, but it's a, it's a, it's a very interesting dynamic. So um, I moved back in uh, 1998 and um, we, um, we owned and operated uh, uh, a mortgage banking business at that time um, and uh, where we were lending, uh, we were introducing lenders to local Detroit owners and financing their real estate, which is what I had been doing in New York and was an easy transition for me. Um, but I also wanted to go back to my father's roots, which was what I grew up watching and seeing him do, which was acquire real estate and fix it up and, and uh, improve you know, the property and its performance. And so rather than buy properties in Michigan, which is what we had always historically done, I kind of used my relationships nationally and chose a couple markets to focus in and we started to buy properties nationally. And so locally, we're, we have a Lutz Financial Services, which is part of uh, Q10 Capital. Uh, uh, we're, we're partners in a group that has 25 offices around the country um, that does about $5 billion a year in, in real estate finance. And separately, we own and operate properties outside of Michigan um, that we, um, we manage from Michigan. But usually the properties are large enough. We have an on-site staff that report up to us. You know, that is, uh, thanks for sharing that story. And I, I, I think one of the things that you shared about, you know, coming into a family business with new perspective is probably something that many people who not only are coming into maybe a family business, but also uh, companies that are maybe going growing through acquisition or um, company, uh, companies that are bringing on new partners, you know, people have new perspectives and it perspective is you know, getting people to see a different picture is sometimes challenging when people are used to doing things uh, the same old way that they've been doing it. So, you know, can you speak a little bit about how uh, you had your perspective and your dad had his and how you kind of, how do you morph those perspectives together so you can run a business as business partners versus father and son? Yeah, I mean, that is certainly a challenge. Um, you know, every decision is magnified when it's, you know, a father-son relationship. You know, uh, I think that, the, the you know, there, there was the relationship 
in when we were doing a transaction and who was doing what and what the roles were and 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 certainly he had a lot more experience when I started you know, buying properties and so I did defer to him but uh you know after a deal or two under my belt um you know we worked as to where you know the role I was going to have versus what he had and he became more of an advisor and I did all the uh you know the heavy lifting and you know and when I needed him I could go to him um so the acquisition of real estate was certainly something that we were able to transition uh, smoothly into. The more difficult relationship and transition took place when we were managing the real estate. And mm-hmm. he had a wealth of knowledge, and you know, I had less so. But you know, being involved in day-to-day property management is uh, you know, quite intensive. There's a lot of decisions made on the fly, a lot of... Um, Ideas that are thrown around, but implementing them is not always as easy as it as 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 one might think. And so, you know, that was where my father and I have you know had some uh, time to I would say several years of working together because you know him flying in uh, and coming up with all these ideas were great, but you know I had to have the wherewithal to implement them. And so telling him. Uh, that's a great idea, but we can't do that. And that's a great idea, but we can't do that. You know, was where we would have some disagreements, and, and we had to learn how to handle those uh, disagreements and you know implementing. So, um, you know, that was kind of the toughest part of our relationship, as and, and continues to be in the management of which you know certainly um, you know I've grown to be a leader of the business, and my father is more of an advisor. And and John, you've been in you know, instrumental in uh, pushing me to be a better leader and learn how to be a better manager of people, um, which is something that is, was somewhat natural for me. But um, certainly uh, your coaching has been, you know, very helpful in, in teaching me how to, to, to be, uh, you know, a better leader, which for me was being a little bit more stern, taking hard lines, things that, you know, naturally I would probably not uh, be that stern, I'd be too easygoing. And, and with your assistance, I've really learned how to be a better leader, more effective leader, make tough decisions sooner rather than drag them on. So, you know, that's been part of my transition as a in the family business is to be the leader and my father to be more of a advisor. Well, um, you know, I, I, I appreciate the, the props, but uh, you're the one that does the hard work and, you know, you're doing a great job on a daily basis with that. Let's um, let's let's talk about the the idea that you're running two businesses, and that can be challenging. You know, you got to wear different hats at different times. You know, you're running a mortgage uh, business, and then you're running a acquisition and real estate management business of real estate, which you know, two different markets, a lot of different hats to wear. You know, how do you how do you do it, and you know, continue to move the ball forward? Um, you know, I. It really just came natural to, natural to me, uh, just because the finance business is what I you know knew you know cold due to my time in New York, and so um, you know I'm not the greatest um, uh, uh, at making cold call introductions. I'm really good once you know there's a deal in place. Um, so with the brokers in my office, you know I'm much better at advising them at how to handle what kind of, you know, a specific deal, where it should go, who should finance it, how they should finance it, the lenders, the relationships with the lenders, 
um, and, and, and more of an advisor than um, day-to-day. I do work on some you know, large transactions that when I'm requested, but you know, I'm not the person going out necessarily and cold calling and bringing in the business. People know me, and sometimes I'll bring business in, then I'll turn it over to one of my brokers and work with them on the transaction. But, you know, certainly I'm very instrumental at the mortgage business at, at you know, teaching the analysts, uh, the business, how to underwrite, um, you know, and, and to make effective packages. I'm certainly effective at dealing with the lenders. And I'm certainly the go-to person when the brokers have a situation which inevitably comes up on, on deals at how we should handle it. Um, when it comes to the real estate, um, you know, that's, that's one of my passions is to, to look for deals, find deals, and uh, go through the process of, you know, creating a new marketing plan, creating a new leasing plan, uh, fixing up in the capital improvements, and, uh, and then overseeing the management day-to-day to make sure that that, you know, takes place. And so, you know, every day is a, is a different day. I really, you know, have some agendas, but I have to be flexible and willing to, you know, pivot at a moment's notice as to who needs me and why they need me and what's going on. And sometimes it's management, sometimes it's acquisitions, sometimes it's uh, personnel issues, sometimes it's, um, you know, a a brokerage deal that uh, is going sideways for some reason. And so, you know, I enjoy it. Every day is exciting. Um, I'm never bored. And um, so it kind of fuels me to have two businesses at once that are related and, um, you know, play off each other. I mean, being in the finance business um, lets me see what other owners do and how they do it and what they're looking for. So I learn from that. And then when we're acquiring real estate to have the experience of, you know, how to finance it best, you know, from day one when we're looking at it uh, and knowing that we can execute with the financing, it's not really a variable anymore you know, it's been key to our acquisitions. That's great. Tell everybody um, what type of deals you uh, finance, what types of deals you buy, just so people understand a little bit more about the scope of your business. Um, you know, from the finance business, um, you know, with the downturn in, um, you know, 2008 through you know, 11, uh, we were fortunate that part of our, um, our Q10 network of partners were very entrenched with life insurance companies. And because of that, Really, when there was no financing going on, we were able to get some deals done with life insurance companies. And so, uh, during the you know 2000 to 2008, we did a ton of CMBS loans. I mean, acquisition, you know, higher leverage, non-recourse, long amortization. Um, that was our bread and butter. Coming out of the uh, downturn, we become much more of a life insurance. Um, uh, advisor, and, and uh, we have several correspondencies so that we can, um, after the closing, we service them and we can, you know, deal with uh, situations that arise and help our borrowers, uh, you know, as deals change over time. We're servicing them for the life company. So, you know, a lot of uh, the uh, our borrowers will only do life company loans, whether it's for commercial. We also, during that time, became correspondents for Freddie, Fannie, and HUD uh, correspondency. So, uh, whereas, you know, the 2000, 2008, we really didn't do a ton of multifamily. We've done, uh, it's become after the uh, downturn, a huge part of our business. We're doing HUD construction loans right now. Uh, we do, we do a ton of, uh, Fannie and Freddie loans. There's a small Freddie program. We do a lot of, uh, local Detroit deals that are under 5 million through the Freddie program, which is 
a small balance program, which is very efficient. Uh, we have a small, uh, we, we are corresponding for another uh, CMBS lender who specialize at under $10 million loans, where it's really inexpensive uh, costs are fixed. And, um, you know, our borrowers who, who, who need the longer AM and uh, higher leverage, we, we, we've been very, I think we do about 20-something deals a year with this one uh, Wall Street firm specifically because of the cost and the structure and the ease to close and their flexibility, that's been a huge part of our financing world. Um, so th- that makes up the core of, uh, of what we're doing today. Uh, we do some bank business uh, occasionally. We do um, uh, you know, larger uh, loans as well, but the core of our business is you know, what I discussed. Um, on the real estate side, um, historically we've been – uh, office, industrial, and retail um, uh, uh, purchasers, and that's what we spent 2000 to 2008 acquiring. So this, we were we were like we chose smaller markets that we thought were stable and growing. So we had a portfolio in uh, uh, in Minneapolis and a portfolio in Philadelphia. Uh, we had a portfolio in Raleigh. We had a portfolio in Tampa and um, and Atlanta. And so we. We would try to bulk up in those markets so that we had met some mass. Um, and um, fortunately, we did so many of those properties during the upswing and, um, you know, allowed us to, to capitalize and cash in and, and keep growing. Um, after the crash, though, um, we decided we wanted to get into more of a residential base. Uh, so um, Tony Lana, who's in charge of our acquisitions, really studied the markets and, and, and decided uh, he thought that uh, we could be effective at uh, acquiring off-campus student housing properties. And so from 2012 to now, um, our primary focus, not exclusively, has been off-campus student housing. We have a, a, a private equities fund that's our partner, and we uh, you know, look at you know, campuses that are larger than 15,000 students at kind of the older properties that are well-located that need to be amenitized fixed up, new kitchens, you know, painting, exterior upgrades, renovating pools, adding dog parks. You know, the, the students today are very amenity-focused, and the new properties that are being built are these Taj Mahals for students. We like to come in and, and compete for the, the students in a price point that, you know, we think that the greater percentage of the students can afford, right. uh, but give them a really nice product for the money. And so, you know, we've been successful at acquiring at Connecticut, we have a couple of properties, Texas A&M, Baylor, Missouri, Central Michigan. And so, um, you know, that's been the crux of our acquisitions and our management currently, um, although we have started acquiring uh, today with the retail turmoil. Uh, we've been looking at acquiring and developing uh, high-traffic, smaller centers that we think are more uh, fixed on the, the local neighborhood and uh, servicing the neighborhood so that, you know, the impact of the Amazon over the next you know, 10 years, we don't know where that's going, right. but people are still going to need to go to the local uh, place to grab something to eat or the dry cleaner or whatever it might be that you know, services the neighborhood. So right. uh, we've been looking to acquire those as well. All right, good, good. Well, that's great, and I know you have been and continue to grow two dynamic companies. Uh, in our last minute together, is there any parting piece of wisdom or advice uh, that you can share that uh, that has helped fuel your 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 growth and success. Uh, I think you have to be passionate about what you're doing. Otherwise, you're just going through the motions. So, 
I think a real passion and excitement is, is, is required to be successful in the long term. And if you don't have that, then I don't think long term you could be successful. So I would say passion and having a long term horizon. You know, if, if I was to look back, I, there was too many moments where I, I, I thought I had to like buy a deal and turn around and sell it quickly. And instead of having more of a long-term horizon, a long-term plan, I think that would have served me well, and that's what I'm looking to do and implement today. So it's great. I think those are the two things. All right, good. That that is uh, those are outstanding two things. Uh, Adam, tell people how to get a hold of you, and uh, so if they want to reach out, they can for either sure. um, you know real estate or mortgage purposes. Sure, or father-son uh, dynamics. Right, 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 exactly. <laughs> um, sure, you can reach. Yeah, my websites are LutzInvestments, plural, dot com, and uh, you can go to Q10Capital.com and find us in the Michigan market. Uh, and uh, my email is alutz at lutzco.com, and our phone number is 248-432-3200. All right. Downtown Birmingham, Michigan. A great place to be. Well, yeah. hey, I appreciate you being on the show. Uh, you know, you're a, you're a great businessman. You're a great friend. And uh, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. And I appreciate you sharing your story. It's going to help a lot of people. And uh, thank you very much. And have, a, yep. have an amazing rest of the day. Thanks. Thanks, John. I appreciate it. You got it, buddy. Thanks, Adam. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Think Big Movement podcast. For show notes and links to anything we talked about, please visit johnswaskin.com. For additional best business practices, you may enjoy my latest book, The Think Big Movement. Grow your business big, very big. Lastly, if you want to talk to me about advising and coaching your business, please email me, john at johnswaskin.com. Text or call me at 248-535-7796. Have an amazing day, an amazing week, and as always, think big.